It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. Uh, I'm running solo today. Apparently, when it snows, Gary can't make it into the studio. Uh, I'm not going to make fun of his Toyota or anything like that. Um, today, Sid Butler. Sid, I've I wanted to talk to you for a long time. and just Let's just talk about... Tell me what you do. So, I'm actually in the financial services industry. Okay. I was with um, one of the big brokerage houses for 25 years. I sw- just switched to a smaller brokerage house but in the business for about 30 35 years oh wow okay so you have a real job and then you're like at some point in your life you're like i need to take on this huge responsibility and help out the utah grizzlies and help out utah hockey by did you just start as the president of the booster club or how did so there's the utah grizzlies the growling grizzlies booster club right and how did you get involved with it so i grew up in salt lake um, I'll just give you a bit of background real quick. But I, I grew up here. Um, I remember my dad taking us to see Eagles games when yeah. I was a kid. Um, when I was 18, I actually left the state. I went to Denver. was living there when the Avalanche won the Cup. Oh, wow. Um, then I moved to Florida for a couple of years, then the Chicago area, and was there when the Blackhawks won the Cup. Oh. So um, when we decided to move back after my dad passed away, um, we were just looking for stuff to do, and we're like, oh, let's check out a Grizzlies game, and just kind of fell in love with it. It was a blast. Yeah. Um, and I was walking down the concourse one day, and I noticed the Booster Club. I was like, well, that's that's really cool, and I found out even more about it, and I joined the club then. Eventually, I became a board member, and then uh, just before COVID, I accepted the presidency, and oh, then geez. everything fell apart. Yeah, so, everything froze. Yeah, yeah. so we're re- rebuilding everything now, but that's kind of how it all happened. Okay, so when you first get involved with the Boosters Club, what are you expecting as like a new member of the Boosters Club? What do you what do you do? What do you like what do you get out of it and what do you have to put into it? Sure. So, it's a minimal membership fee. It's a it's like 20 bucks a year for a single person, 25 for a family. Um and that just kind of gives us our base so we have a little bit of a budget to work with, but right. Um, basically what that means is a little bit of access to the team. Um, we have a holiday party every year with the team that is exclusive for Booster Club members. Um, and then you're eligible to adopt a player, um, which they get to give them a goodie box once a month. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the year, that's all done in secret. And then at the end of the year, we have a banquet where they get to meet the their adopted player. Okay. Um, so a little bit of team access. Um, we also feed the team. Um, on when they have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday, usually this yeah. week it's a Saturday, Sunday, but we'll feed them 
that night so that they don't have to go searching for dinner right. before they play the next day. And our members contribute to that dinner. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know exactly where the stuff was coming from, but like I remember um, on a few of the road trips, like the team would pick me up and they're like, hey, we're going to wherever and we're going on the road. And then I get on the bus and there's a bag of stuff. And I was like, wow, these are actually all the same treats that I would normally get to go on a road trip. And it's, and you find out somebody from the booster club had asked somebody else on the team that somebody <laughs> knew you or whatever. And then right. they find out they give you these cool little bags. It's so thoughtful. And I think a lot of people, uh, when you think, all right, they're professional athletes and they're spoiled and they probably have everything in the world and they don't understand like it, at this level, at the double at a level, these kids are making four fifty a week right. or, you know, maybe a little more. Some of the guys make a little bit more. And, you know, their rent's paid for, but it's it's still they gotta live the whole year on what they make while the while they play here. They right. go and coach. But to have somebody like the booster club come in and help is huge and not just you know, not just buying treats, but these kids are away from home too. And you guys give them that little like belonging, right? right. You guys help them belong a little bit more and, and kinda of help cure the homesickness. Yeah, I would say that there's I mean, people in the Booster Club are obviously all ages, all of that. But there's there's a significant group of us that kind of feel like step-in moms, right? Yeah. Um, these kids are young. Um, I have a son about the same age, so I would hope that if he had taken this path, he would have someone sort of looking out for him. There's There's been past years where um, we had players over for Thanksgiving dinner because they were in town and right. didn't really have anywhere to go. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of to help them along. And like you say, they, they, don't, they don't get paid much of anything yeah. and they're in a strange city and they don't a really, really know city. what's going on so yeah. we just try and help out as best we can that's awesome so how many of you are there i think again with covid we're kind of still going back through a lot of our stuff but i think we're somewhere between 75 and 100 members right okay. now it's it actually grew a lot after their great season last year yeah that's good um, yeah covid kind of decimated our numbers a little bit but last year and the end of last year and this year it's grown again so i never even thought about that because you know you know we've had jared youngman in here and we've talked about how that season last year uh helps ticket sales Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of expectation as of what comes this season uh, especially with the avalanche it's been kind of interesting because you see the avalanche who won the cup have some you know some of the hugest players in the market and then all of a sudden four of their players get injured which means four of our players are going to the next level so, and it's been fun to see guys that, you know, were here at one year and now they're with Colorado Eagles and then they get with the Grizzly or with the, with the Avalanche and, uh, you know, think about it going, oh yeah, we're growing that way and, and the team's succeeding, but it also grows the booster club. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I think the excitement of last year, everybody was like, you know, they, they would like a little player access. I mean, yeah. and that's one good thing about this level, you know, everybody and I'll change the subject slightly, but you know everybody wants that. Oh, let's get an AHL team. Let's get an AHL team. And to my way of thinking, ticket prices would be a lot more expensive, and frankly, we would lose a lot of access to the players that we have now. And to me, you know, the access to the team is is kind of the reason I do this. Yeah. I I like getting to know them. I like being able to take care of them. I just think we would kind of lose a little bit of that familiarity yeah. at the next level. So. You know, and that happens like in in junior hockey, like in junior A, you've got billet parents right. 
and that there's just that same thing. It's these these people that wanted to be involved and help, and they let players come live with them, mm-hmm. and then they just adopt those players. And you even heard um, we had Lucas Parikh on the show last week, and he talked about his billet family uh, playing juniors and how he still talks to them, and uh, Mason Maddox still talks to the billet parents he had in Portland. Um, I kind of had a billet family experience when I went to prep school in Minnesota for a little bit, and I kept in touch with that family. Well, I still keep in touch with the kids, but right up until they passed away, right. like we just stayed friends and you, you do, you have a unique connection and you get to watch these kids come in and you're like, Hey, I'm a veteran at helping you get ready for your next game or whatever. You've got, you kind of help them grow. Sure. And there, so you have to, at, at the beginning you learn mm-hmm. and then you get to teach these kids. Right. Um, so you've only, you've been a member of the booster club for how long? So I think all in all, probably four years, okay. maybe five. So what? tell me some players that you've really been able to get to know and watch, even if it's just to watch them go off and have a family. Sure. So um, I think the first year I really got to know the players really well was the year we did have some over for Thanksgiving dinner. It was um, Taylor Richard, oh, yeah. who I still keep in touch with. Great He's guy. a yeah. wonderful, wonderful yeah, guy. Great person. Um, CJ Ike oh, yeah. was another one. I still also keep in touch with <laughs> I love him. That guy. Yeah. CJ was fantastic, and then um, Cliff Watson. And actually, I think those guys all kinds of were, were sort of friends away from the team as well. They sort of grew up together and stuff. But right. um, but yeah, those are two that I I kind of keep it that they held special place for me. Yeah, I, they're really sweet guys and have gone on to do wonderful things. Yeah. CJ's now coaching, I think. Yeah, so. I think so. And, and watching Taylor with his kid and yes, girl, yeah, it's it's fun and it's it, that's that's such a cool thing because I, I remember when I first started going to Golden Eagles games and um, I ran into Rich Chernamaz at the at Fashion Place Mall one time and he just took five minutes to talk to me about nothing and I just thought it was so amazing to all of a sudden have I was like sixteen I think and I like all of a sudden had personal connection with a, a guy. Right. That was playing hockey, and it made it more fun to go to the game. Sure, it's almost like uh, with fantasy football or whatever. It's like I have more vested now because, you know, or whatever. But it's uh, it's such a cool, unique experience, and I, I think a lot of people don't understand that part. Right. Um, if you were gonna, if you give us your spiel right now of somebody that's that's listening in right now, why why would you tell them to join? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to support the team. Um, you know, these kids work really hard. They put everything they've got out on the ice, um, the coaching staff, the equipment guys, the whole organization. Um, one of the best things you can do to, for them is to support the team um, in the ways that we do. And then again, just like you said, to have a personal investment, I think, um, with the team. It, it just gives you an extra reason to watch um, and to root for for people that you maybe get to know a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. I and I remember it, it, it means a lot to me. Um, it, so the day I got put in the Grizzlies game, and you know it's kind of like a whirlwind after the game, and I t- we were in the Star Wars jerseys that night, and they took my jersey, and then I didn't know what happened to my jersey, and I there was a lot of other stuff going on, and they're like, "All right, do I go?" Well, one thing that a lot of people don't know is I actually had to get back to the fire station that night. Oh, no. So I'm like, I was like trying to, I had a guy hanging out from me. I'd worked out a trade. I'm like, hey, if you'll work for me 
from like 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. or 10.30, I'll give you five tickets to the next Grizzlies game. So I got a barter, right? And it's like, anyway, I'm, I'm scrambling, and uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to do stuff after the game. There was like media outside that wanted to talk about it, and then um, I basically just went in and got dressed and left. And when I got back to the fire station, Jared Young was calling me. He's like, hey, where's your jersey? I'm like, I have no idea. And he's like, where did you go? And I'm like, I'm back at work. And he's like, the Boosters Club's out there. People are auctioning off your jerseys. They wanted to talk to you. I'm like, you know, 10 minutes ago when I was in the building, that would have been amazing to know. But to me, it's like the game ended. I went in my locker room. They came. They grabbed my jersey. And I took a shower and I left. Nobody said a word to me about anything. But I found out the Boosters Club bought my jersey to give it back to me. Oh, and I mean that that's so awesome because I wanted that jersey. It was a big deal for me. Sure. Plus, it was a Star Wars jersey. and I'm a, I'm a total <laughs> Star Wars nerd. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt now. And I just thought it was so cool and so generous. And it just made me, you know, appreciate the Booster Club even more. And again, I always appreciated them. It's like so not cute. It's more than cute, but it was so nice. And just every time that I get on the bus and they're because I'm not really a player. I'm just an e-bug, but every time I go on a road trip, there's a bag for me, and I always feel bad because I'm like, no, I'm fine, like it's it's cool, but it still makes me happy, like, and I know it makes the guys feel it. It really is special for the guys. Well, that's that's the point, right? That's that's why we do it. Yeah, I, I just you guys do so much. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So tell me a little bit more about the dinner. So usually Sunday of the the week when we're going to feed them. Um, actually, I'll just give a shout out right now to some of my awesome board members. Yeah, Heidi, Heidi Pitkin, who is also a billet parent right now, by the way. Okay. Um, Ashley Sadler, Jim Williams, Liz Cheney, they're all on the board and super wonderful helpers. Um, Ashley and Heidi are in charge of like team support stuff. So um, to go off dinners for just a moment, the other thing that we do is we get the apartments ready for them when they come into town. So we have big bins full of dishes and silverware and pots and pans, and they go through with uh, Mason and Colony equipment guys and kind of make sure each apartment has what they need, bedding, that kind of stuff. So that starts the season. But then as we go through and they start feeding the team, we'll send out like a potluck menu, and our awesome booster members will, okay, I'll bring five pounds of hamburger, I'll bring five pounds of chicken, I'll bring, you know, cooked rice or whatever it is we're serving. So taco bowls seem to be the most popular yeah. menu <laughs> that we do. Um, we usually rotate between that and pasta. Um, 
We have one Booster Club member who loves his Traeger and he loves to smoke. Oh, yeah. So last year he did, I don't know how many pounds of meat, but he did all of the all of the meal on his Traeger. Jeez. So um, we're working with him to maybe make that happen again this year, too. Yeah. Most, most people with Traeger look for the opportunity. Yeah. I keep volunteering. <laughs> I just cooked all Thanksgiving and they're like, oh, we don't want to make you do Christmas, too. I'm like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I want to swear. Yeah. What do you guys want? Brisket again? I'm in. <laughs> yeah, because we, I don't know why. I guess it's, I saw a thing that says once you, if you're a man and you turn 45, you either got to know a lot about World War II or how to smoke meat. So <laughs> I, I picked the smoke, I picked smoking meat. But I also do study World War II, but that's, I guess I, guess I can't just stay focused. Um, so that's awesome. And then you guys just keep providing meals. And then, um, do you guys still do Tippagrills? Is that through? That's actually through the season tickets. Oh, that's through, season So Jared okay. puts that one together. Is there, yeah. There's got to be a lot of crossover, though, between season yeah, ticket holders and boosters, right? There is, yeah. A, a good number. Well, all of the boosters, I think, are season ticket holders or at least five-game pack holders. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's probably a bigger season ticket pool that aren't members, but right. we're actively recruiting them as well. Very cool. <laughs> so... Um, I, I just I, I I want to know more about how you uh, feel rewarded from it because it's it's got to be more than just a little bit, is it? Because you guys have you do so much. Yeah, I you know I just to me it's just what needs to be done. Um, yeah. And again, I think it comes back to just having a a son that's about that age. I would just want them taken care of. Um, but I will also say you know the the organization is wonderful to work with. If if it were difficult. To work with the organization and get, you know, back to serve dinner, which, you know, because we do it back in, in behind the locker rooms and you yeah, have to have access and all that stuff. media room thing, yeah. Yeah. So the organization makes it easy for us to to deal with that sort of thing. Um, I know there there are other booster clubs that don't have the access that we have to the team. Really? That, you know, they maybe provide dinner, but they're not allowed back there to serve it or stuff like that. Okay. Um, we're very lucky in that we have a close relationship with the front office and with the team, you know, Ryan's wonderful to deal with yeah. you know, and anything the booster club needs. Cause we obviously have to raise money, right. To do a lot of this stuff yeah. to put on our holiday party. And, um, we do reimburse, um, certain, like if the, if people on the club, people on the board have to fill in like for some of the dinners, if we don't get something, we'll go out and spend our personal money. We try and take care of that. Right. Um, but, you know, if I ask Brian for a signed stick or something for a raffle, it's, you know, I've got it the next day. Right. So they're they're wonderful to deal with. And I think, you know, it's it's a mutual thing. They they appreciate what we do. We appreciate how much they help us get it done. Yeah. It's weird. do you get to be friends with a lot of the other boosters like like with the Steelheads Boosters Club or You know, we haven't teams? Yeah, we haven't really interacted much. That's actually something we would like to do. It's yeah. just um Part of coming out of COVID is just sort of getting our feet back underneath us. But we've, I guess there's a big booster rally every year for a lot of the, the ECHL booster clubs. Really? And we've thought about going to that as a convention of sorts, I guess. Yeah. But, um, we haven't yet sent somebody, but we've certainly talked about that. Okay. I wonder, is it at a particular place or is it is Yeah, it I think it rotate? kind of rotates around and I don't know. I don't know that much about it. I know of it. Okay. So it's something we'd, we'd like to do, though, I think. Yeah, because it seems like... I. Like you guys could compare notes and and maybe that helps the organizations too figure out like hey this it's working well in Utah or this is working better here and 
because it's just awesome that you guys do this for the teams. And I'd hope that Utah or like the, the Grizzlies appreciate it and make it super easy for you to do. Yeah, I, I, what sticks out to me is last year when we did our holiday party, um, that was when Taylor Crunk was, was playing for the team. And he and his cute wife were there, and he was going through, and he's getting his plate. And he looked at me, and he goes, this is the best booster club ever. Oh, I was like, ah, That's perfect. <laughs> love to hear that. So yeah. it was great. I love it, guys. And the guys really do appreciate it. And I hear it all the time in the locker room. I don't know if you guys hear it enough, but... Uh, when I'm there, especially it's, I don't know why it's always, especially for the road trips, because the guys, I don't know, they, you give them their little bags or whatever it is, but the guys are always talking about, man, that, my, my booster came through. or And I remember uh, when Stofflet was playing and his booster would contact me and be like, hey, I know Evan likes this, but what else does he like? And, you know, <laughs> you guys do research and you're behind the scenes, like trying to really make these players feel uh, special. And, you know, there's there's something about, belonging that really helps somebody succeed and i think you guys really fill a a niche that probably for years people didn't know was needed yeah i I would agree with that it's it's funny that you say that about the the goodie boxes or whatever we we give the players a survey at the beginning of the season and say okay you know what kind of snacks do you like what what kind of soda do you like you know do you like i think we actually used to ask the star wars versus uh star Trek? trek question yeah find out that one aged out. But anyway, um, so... I think it's back. <laughs> I think it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. Um, so we do get kind of a cheat sheet as to what kind of stuff that they like, and then their booster gets to kind of go through and fill a box of those things every okay. month. That makes a lot of sense. But <clears throat> I'm never part of that first part, right? Because... Yeah, so I don't know. Must, I don't know yeah. how they're finding out what you like. Somebody, yeah. you, somebody must know. Well, you know what it could be is that I just like everything. Well, there you go. So that I'm makes not, it easy. One, <laughs> so I like a lot of snacks. <laughs> I, yeah, that's part of being a firefighter. Is we eat everything. Um, well, that's cool. I, I I just wanted to have you on the show and um, just shine the light on you guys for a minute because I th- I think it's so important and so neat that what you guys do, and uh, I, I just don't think people talk about it enough. And I think. When people are walking around the concourse and they see the booster club, they don't know what it is, and maybe sometimes they're afraid to ask. And hopefully, just having you on here and kind of explaining it a little bit, hopefully we we've clued some people in. Because if you're if you're on the fence of you want to join, or if you're just a new fan of the Grizzlies, because we have a lot of those from we last do. season, uh, and I keep seeing that on 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 the Facebook pages. I am a new fan or whatever. How do I do this? How do I do that? Well, you get in touch with Sid. Get involved with the booster club. Get some access and meet the players. Yeah, because that's like you'll go to more games. It's one thing to go to a hockey game and watch, and a lot of people say, "Well, in the East Coast League, this kid, like the team changes." There's a stat like the the team changes like 15 percent every game because of call ups, because of injuries, because of whatever, or guys getting waived that are on PTOs, and you want or pro tryouts. I try not to use acronyms so that people know what we're talking about. (laughs) So, like on a pro tryout, or you know, guys come in and it just doesn't work out, or they get traded. So, the best way to actually get to know the players, because people are like, why don't they do stories? I'm like, we'll do a story, but then the guy still gets pulled up, right. so he's not in the lineup, or he gets cut and he's not in the lineup. The best way to get to know him is just start be a booster, right? And have access to him and come and get to know him. And they're awesome. Like these are kids that have played at high levels, yeah, and they all the highest the, levels. I mean, they played the tails off. Yeah, they played NCAA. They played major juniors. And they play at all the clubs that lead them up to here, and uh, it's a good way to get to know them. Yeah, and I will, and I will also say the booster club 
members, the people who who belong, are wonderful fans and they're great people to get to know. We've actually looked into, and I think we after the new year we're going to start having just events where booster club members get together. It may not be with the team. It might be a watch party. It might be we're all going bowling and we're all going to celebrate the Grizzlies or whatever. But um, it's a great group of people and we're all a lot of fun and we all have the Grizzlies love in common. So um, that's another reason to join. It's it's just an awesome group of people. Yeah, that's fun. Are there? Do you know of places that do watch parties right now? No, we're trying to figure that out. We okay. actually had one booster last year for the playoffs that rented a theater oh, in wow, Lehigh yeah. and invited everybody down, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, I haven't looked into what that cost, maybe out of our budget league, but um, usually it's someone with any with the flow hockey sign on. Yeah, you know, we'll just gather at a house. I think. Hook and Reel actually shows the games, too. Okay. We thought about doing it there, but um, yeah. trying to put something together for that, I think. I I, don't, I can't say business names right out, but I, I know there was a, a sports bar that was doing it yes. for a little bit, too, yes. and, and that was cool. And um, I always want to go and catch it. It, it just seems like, because I always wanted to come and support the Booster Club, and I saw when you guys were doing things, and it always seems to be when I'm on shift. But know that if I wasn't <laughs> at work, that I'd be there helping you guys and, and supporting you guys, because it's so cool what you guys do. Awesome. All right. Is there? I'm going to give you this is uh, this is your chance. This is your spiel. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say to people that are listening to inform them more about the club or to talk them into joining? Um. Well, all I'll say is if you want to have a really fun time and you want to get to know the players, you want to get to know some super fans. Um, we're on the concourse near section 119 every game. Um, usually, at least during first intermission. Sometimes during second. Um, but stop by and see us, learn more about the club, and join us. We're we're a lot of fun. Yeah. You guys always look like you're having fun. Uh, <laughs> Grizzlies have games this Saturday and Sunday, uh, Saturday at 7, Sunday at 3 p.m. That seems to always throw people off. <laughs> but there's a, the Sunday games at 3 p.m. Uh, at the Maverick Center. The boosters will be there. Like uh, Sid will be there. And uh, you can come talk to her and find out more information. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And thank you so much for everything you do for – just, I mean, helping the Grizzlies helps Utah hockey, even at the youth level. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you. All right. And that is the Utah Puck Report. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.